Hi besties, welcome to Pretty Grounded. This is the second episode where we discuss the topic of anxiety, starting from where we think anxiety comes from with my special guests, talking about personal experiences, anxiety related to social media, anxiety related to your social circle, and at the end we discuss our solutions. Please bear in mind that this was recorded remotely and therefore affecting the audio quality. It was a pretty therapeutic discussion for me, so I hope you'll enjoy it as much as I did. Today, we're going to talk about anxiety, and I have a special guest with me, someone who knows this very well. <laughs> I'm an expert in the field. <laughs> expert in the field, my best friend, Yulia. Woo! Thank you, I wish everybody. we had this clap thing, you know? Yeah, you that should add it feel for like... later podcasts. There's like a public, but it's actually just the two of us. No, there will be a public. It's fine. Actually, the idea of starting a podcast started in one of our discussions when we were just like very stressed yeah. or... We were a mess, as usual. <laughs> and talking about passions and I was like, okay, let me just do a podcast. So this is a full circle moment. How do we know each other, actually? We met in ESCP. We spent wonderful all, business all school. three years together. Yeah, <laughs> she's in the same track. So we traveled around to three different countries and have been speaking ever since. Been best friends ever since. Yeah. <laughs> and like one of the topics and things we talk about a lot were actually anxiety. We had quite a lot of discussions about it. But actually, I have a question for you. Yes. Why do you think? a lot of people struggle with anxiety? Well, you're starting out with a hard question. Sorry, I can also start out <laughs> no, no, with... No. Let, me just, let me just process it and think about it. My first reaction to that question, and just in terms mm -hmm. of like generations and how anxiety has become such a bigger thing now than it was for our parents or grandparents, and how more people are talking about it. Every generation, more and more needs are fulfilled. So before mm -hmm. it was, you know, parents and grandparents are going through wars and things like that, through communism, through tough times. And um, it's more about like making money, supporting your family, getting through mm -hmm. all the tough things without really speaking up and thinking about how much it sucks. And now our generation is just like living very comfortably. Everything is at the tip of our fingertips. Um, We have access to like whatever knowledge we want, any opportunities we want, they're there if we just work hard enough for them. And so I think on one side, it is the fact that we've just been satisfied in everything else. So now we're able to take time to actually think about our own emotions and our own potential and self-fulfillment and all those things that definitely do lead to anxiety because there's a lot of pressure. But also the overload of choices at this stage is another very anxiety-inducing thing, I think, and just getting overwhelmed with the fact that you can do anything, but choosing is way more difficult than it ever has been before. And where did you actually feel it more? Like, was it, did you, like, start feeling it in high school? No. When, no? <laughs> no. I was, like, this happy, naive child, <laughs> didn't know anything bad in the world, <laughs> very sheltered. Um, They called my, my town the bubble because we just, 
live in a little perfect society that no one goes outside of. Yeah. So Amelia used to live in Pennsylvania, right? I do, yeah. Uh, definitely the worst of it was after I finished university, but... Really? Mm, yeah. Like... Oh, was it triggered by, like, the labor market and the fact that we were going into a labor market? It was not that deep. I mean, I, I, guess, I guess consequences from it, yeah. Um, like... As you know, I was homeless and unemployed for a good amount of time. I like to keep that as my label. Maybe you can, maybe you can tell us, actually, because <laughs> that was quite an experience. Yeah, okay. So we finished our third year in Berlin, and um, my plan was to stay there because traveling every single year and changing countries and starting over from the beginning every single time is quite exhausting, as you know. Mm. Um, and I could not make it work um unfortunately the market was saturated for apartments everything was super expensive at that stage there were no good places left and my internship decided to not extend my contract for a full-time position so mm. i went on a trip with a friend and just had kind of like a life crisis at that stage <laughs> that made me think about actually how exhausted I was from trying to make a situation work that wasn't happening, at least at that time, maybe in the future, who knows. Um, mm. And I kind of, I traveled around a bit after that. I went to London to see my parents and I was like, oh, okay, this is a new setting. So maybe I'll aim for London because they speak English and a lot of people love it. People are nice, whatever. So that was my next plan, except I didn't realize that getting a visa would be extremely difficult. <laughs> and I spent the following, I don't know, half a year applying for like over 400 jobs that did not want to give me a visa. I also didn't have a permanent home because I decided, fuck Berlin, like I'll come back later if I really love it so mm -hmm. much. But right now it's just not happening for me. And you actually had your stuff in a storage. Even so from before then, yeah. So... Yeah, on top of that, also adding to my anxiety <laughs> was the fact that all my possessions were stored in a 12-square-meter cubby uh, for over a year, and I was yeah. living out of a suitcase with all my ugly clothes. I don't know why I chose that. <laughs> to be fair, I was not expecting to be living out of that one suitcase for yeah. that long. I always thought I was going to get back to my stuff a lot sooner than I did. But yeah, it was it was a surprise when I finally got them back because I realized actually how unnecessary all of my things were. Like... I had mm. basically an entire kitchen stocked in there, um, <laughs> like three suitcases of clothes, random decorations that I don't need. <laughs> and that sounds like you, actually. The kitchen, because you love cooking, yeah. clothes, because you're a girl, and then the decorations, because you were always hosting stuff. Like the yeah. last two years ago, you hosted the Thanksgiving dinner. Every year, yeah. I don't know. Wherever Halloween. I am. Mm. wherever you are you just host stuff yeah, so that parties, kind of makes sense for so you true. i cherish my kitchen things i would not give those up i would still carry around like five suitcases of kitchen equipment if i needed to but clothing and decorations and just random stuff i realized actually how unimportant they are even though like i put so much value on them before and i was like oh i need to get back to my things and this is what's making me so stressed but in reality like now i'm stressed that i have so many things <laughs> so i want to just start fresh and like get rid of most of the things so I can start traveling later and not have to worry about that stuff so much because I feel like the more things you have again the more overwhelmed you are like you're always like oh which outfit should I choose what should I 
like pack whenever I'm going on a trip. This just makes things so much easier. And as they say, less is more. So <laughs> trying yeah, to get true. to the yeah. having less things in your room makes you feel like you get your shit together. Mm-hmm. That you're actually a super organized person. Decluttering your space makes you also declutter your mind. That's very true. Yes. And you don't know this or realize this until you move and you're like why do i have so much shit like Mm. do i actually need this no why do i have it because you're like sentimentally or like because this one item makes me so happy (laughs) yeah does it no like you just forgot about it you would not know the existence of this object Mm. two months after that yeah it was was Um, literally like opening up christmas presents when i got my suitcases back i was like and i have this thing that i totally forgot about isn't it so nice i totally forgot about Mm. that you have a step away from your stuff Mm. and you realize which ones you actually really like in which you're just like yeah i had several things that i was just like i really want to get those back but the rest of them i couldn't care less about like i didn't even remember they were in there so (laughs) anyways you basically like you had an initial plan which was to stay in berlin Mm -hmm. and yeah and that was my idea of like I'm going to have a stress for a year this year because I'm not going to have to move. And then the complete opposite happened as I moved like six times and stayed with random people whenever I could. And um, yeah, in the end, I was just, I was in Barcelona for several months. I went back home to the U.S. to like refresh a bit when I was going through a bunch of stuff and needed to be at home. I stayed with my sister in France and mm-hmm. now I'm back with my sister in France more permanently but i'm thinking of moving again so nothing is permanent in life yeah (laughs) like what made you change for your initial plan because you really were sticking to that at the beginning and then at some point you realize that it's not going to work out and that's where you just were like okay i think i was just discouraged like it was a combination of things i think even when I left the country to go on my trip, I was still thinking I'm going to return. Um, but somewhere mm-hmm. along the way, I think I just got completely overwhelmed by everything and realized, like, why am I fighting so hard for this one spot when it's draining me? Like, I was there for months, and at first it was just the apartment, so I had my internship, but I was searching every single day. Like, even at my job, I would be searching for new places, and it was just so draining, honestly, to have to spend all of my energy thinking about that and worrying if I'm going to have a place next month or not, because I was couch surfing on a bunch of friends' places. And then the full-time position fell through as well, and so I was like, okay, no place to live, no place to work. Whenever you realize that actually you're much happier once you've let that idea go that it was the right decision like I went through this not just when I was going to be leaving Berlin but also I went to two different schools before coming to ESCP and each time was the same thing I would like put in a lot of effort being like I'm going to stay here I need to do my best and everything and then some small things were coming up along the way but I would just try and ignore them and be like that's not a problem it's fine and Then when I would actually talk to someone, they'd be like, you know, maybe this is not the right fit for you. And I started actually thinking about it. I was like, yeah, like, it's really not. I'm not happy here. And as soon as I made the decision to change, I realized actually, like, why was I putting so much effort into it before when I could see that it just wasn't for me? And I think a big part of that is failure of, or 
fear of failure is what I was going to say. And the idea of quitting and how everyone around you seems to have their life put together. And so if you want to change schools, if you are trying to get a job and you can't, if you're trying to find a place to live and you can't, like all of Mm. those things, when people ask you at like reunions or something, they're like, yeah, so what are you up to? And you're just like, I'm homeless and unemployed. (laughs) Like (laughs) you you feel a bit like disappointed, but at a certain point I decided to stop caring. I was like, I just made a joke out of it. And I was like, this is my current situation. At least I'm in Europe, I'm traveling around, you know, there's always a silver lining to stuff, so. True, it, it's so easy to see the, like, homeless and jobless side of it, mm-hmm. but actually, during this time, you did a lot of travels and met a lot of people. Yeah. Like, you were a lot in Spain and Barcelona, you went to Lebanon, mm-hmm. um, you went to the UK to see your family, you were in Paris, Yeah. you were in Lille, I think I forgot something. Vietnam and Cambodia. <laughs> Just on the oh, side. Oh, of course. Uh, that looked awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but as humans, we always focus on this negative trend. Because we compare ourselves we fo- to other people all the time. Yeah, and that's the thing that is like super special about you is because you don't have social media. No, I do not. And I, when I met Yulia... And I think when I met you, you had Instagram. I did, yeah. Like maybe I, just for a I year or something. I deleted Madrid, so yeah. Yeah, that was three years so. ago. Um, so did you have? Did you just have Instagram? Did you have something else? I had Snapchat as well. I deleted that, yeah. but no one I mean, really Snapchat uses them. Is dead, but <laughs> I started the trend. Okay, but but the main thing is that you had Instagram, mm-hmm. and that is like where a lot of people have their soul sucked. Yes. And we had a discussion about this because I was struggling with Instagram mm-hmm. because I, I'm really into fashion. So I follow a lot of fashion pages where they show models, runway shows. So even if you don't want to do it, you still compare yourself yeah. to these models. And you know that their models is their job. But a lot of them are, are not healthy and anorexic. And we know that, but it's so hard to actually comprehend and say, okay, I need to see my body as it is. And I felt like when I was a lot on Instagram, I had body dysmorphia. Mm -hmm. And when I talked to you, I realized that you can get rid of all these issues. With a click of a button. Exactly. But did you feel like a big difference when you... Um deleted the app actually but i think you need to look at my starting point from that because if i were super into instagram and i'm like going on it every single day and obsessed with like i don't know posting new pictures and how many likes i get and all those things then i i'm sure it would have been a very big difference and i would have gone through a lot of withdrawal but i think it was a process that led up to the decision of me wanting to delete it because i had i think probably deleted the app before and then gotten it back which Personally, I think is a very bad habit. Um, at least because like, I've heard people talking about that and how it's actually creating worse habits for you to set limits to yourself and then break those later because people think like, okay, I'm going to take a break from Instagram and then I'm going to come back to it and it's going to give me a fresh start. I'll like spend less time on it. But then it's just like mm. any addiction, you know, like if, if you tell yourself, I'm going to stop drinking alcohol for a bit and that'll help me. And then you just start drinking after that. Like, obviously 
two different types of addictions. One is much harder to get rid of. Um, <laughs> so not yes. at all saying that it's an easy thing to do. But I think if you are thinking about it to this extent where it's causing you anxiety and it's not having a good impact in your life, like I'm sure there are nice things about it. That's why people still go on it. But you should either just get rid of it completely or try and convince yourself why you want to delete it if you're still going to go that route before doing so. And so I think that was the biggest thing for me that I was super shocked that actually it had no impact on me. Like I thought I was going to go through withdrawal. I was going to miss it so much, but best decision I ever made, honestly. Um, Yeah. And to be fair, like after I deleted it, my finger would still just automatically go to where the icon used to be just to, I don't know reflex I guess which was super bizarre mm-hmm. to me I was like what am I doing like I I'm not even thinking about the fact that I want to go on Instagram I'm just like oh nothing is stimulating me right now quick I need to distract my mind with something mm. so it was interesting to see that but apart from that I I felt a lot more at peace I think the main thing that I wanted to delete social media for was because I would realize that when I went on trips and I did that quite frequently I couldn't actually enjoy myself while I was there. This is cliche. I wasn't like in the moment and stuff. But honestly, like the entire time I was just thinking, mm. I need to take a good picture where I look amazing so I can post on Instagram. And then I need to show everyone what an amazing time I'm having so that they can be jealous of how many trips I'm going on. And like, that's just such a backwards way of doing things because then you're going to places just to show off instead of actually being there, learning about the culture, like enjoying yourself because the entire time you're just stressed about are other people going to judge the outfit that I'm wearing on this trip? Which is so just not something that you should be worrying about. <laughs> so, mm. yeah, it was it was a very good decision, I think, on my part. I have not ever wanted to go back. I don't think I... No, I know that I never will get it back. So, yeah, feel feel more at peace. Yeah, I think definitely. And it made me think when you said that, Because I'm, like, debating a lot whether I should just delete my Instagram. I do feel that once I delete it just temporarily, I don't have... I have less anxiety. Mm -hmm. It's such a weird... Especially on TikTok, because I I think you were never Mm -hmm. on TikTok. And the thing about TikTok is it's more fun. It's less, like, nice aesthetic. Hey, Mm -hmm. I look good. More like, hey... This is my fun personality. I'm so quirky. Still, I'm so quirky. I'm such a unique person. I always feel bad after that. I feel mm-hmm. stressed. But if I need to pinpoint what exactly made me stressed about it, I can't tell you. Like, because Instagram, you know, people look good. They have exciting, amazing lives and a lot of them are actually not true. And on Instagram, you know what is wrong, that you feel like you're missing on something. Yeah, that's that's the big thing about it. You know what is wrong with it. But TikTok, I still can't say why I feel... Maybe it's like the waste of time. I think it can be a combination of things. I think definitely like most people struggle with just spending way too much time on it and they'll put... Like the little blockers when after like an hour, not like to not be able to go back on the app and things like that. But I think also at some point, at least this was for me, it was just the mindlessness of the scrolling. It was the fact that it was just a reflex at that stage that you feel like on top of the fact that 
this is how you're spending your time just looking at other people or like a lot of the times looking at completely pointless videos posts whatever yeah. it is that you don't actually care about that you just keep going and you're like oh well this one didn't mm. entertain me now so I'm just gonna skip to the next one and a lot of the times you're not even like what's it called digesting the content in it you're just mm-hmm. kind of an observer mm-hmm. and you just want to get through as much as you can for the sake of it without actually putting any intention behind it and I think that in general even without social media is a very stressful thing to be doing things without intention and just as like a a reflex be doing it automatically and not really thinking about mm-hmm. what is the action behind this why am I doing this what is the reason and especially for things like social media where they literally make money off of the time that they can steal from you <laughs> Mm-hmm. It is just a game of like, how much can we manipulate yeah. them to stay on this without thinking about leaving? And it works, apparently. You said something really interesting about being mm-hmm. mindful. And it reminded me of um, the power of meditation. Yes. And the fact that I personally started meditating, I think, one month really? ago you didn't tell or me. two months. <laughs> yeah, um, I had, interestingly enough, so Headspace had a Black mm-hmm. Friday deal. And I was like, okay, it's time to invest three euros. That's in too much. Come on. <laughs> I was like, you have no reason not to try it right now. It's three euros. Yeah. It's nothing, and it makes you feel mm. better, hopefully, about your life. So I got it, and I started doing, and my goal was to meditate, learn the techniques of meditation, like the basic ones, like breathing, uh, taking notice of your ideas, being mm-hmm. aware of your body. And then I took a course. I mean, it's not really a course, but it's just you do one episode per day about managing anxiety and it completely changed my life like I went from having extreme anxiety about everything you know even the nice things in life like um, going to a dinner uh, meeting with friends like all of these things make me feel stressed and I was like why why are they making me feel stressed and I went from like having extreme anxiety to still having it but managing it better because I learned that you can't say, okay, I'm going to get rid of it. Like that's mm-hmm. just not possible. And also anxiety was here at a certain point to make us survive as humans. So it does have like a functionality, a functional thing to it. But I realized that if I just take 10 minutes of my day, I already feel much better about life. And whenever something bad happens like um for example what was it uh last time yeah i that's super stupid but i wanted to go somewhere and i went to the opposite direction for like 10 minutes walking and it was super cold and you know it's like these small things that make you feel shit about your life like why am i stupid like why did i not look at google maps my whole day is ruined and then walk there (laughs) Honestly, I was starting to have thoughts like my whole day is ruined. You don't even know how to read Google Maps. 
you're shit at this and you're also shit at your work by the way like this is how I felt in that moment and I was like wait wait this is the coffee spill moment like I'm gonna make my day worse if I continue like this (laughs) but if I didn't meditate I would actually continue and have no idea how to stop it but at that moment I took a step away and I was like it's okay there are worse problems in life and if you're late five minutes, it's going to be okay. I'm sure other people are late because we're humans. Um, and it's something so simple, but it makes a difference. Yeah. And sometimes I feel this like anxiety in the background coming. But I was like, no. Not today. <laughs> I'm just like, honestly, like, no, not today. You can have me maybe if I don't meditate. But today you're not having me. <laughs> Um, have you ever, like, do you actually meditate? Because I never asked you this question. I have before, but it's nowhere near the level that I want to get to. Like, I've never been able to really stick with it. And I keep telling myself I'm going to get back into it. Well, not that I was ever in it to begin with. I've meditated maybe like five times in my life. Um, but yeah, I do. I have heard so many good things about it. And I think, especially for anxiety, for concentration, for just like, good thoughts to be continuing in your head I think it is very important so it is something that's been on my to-do list in the back of my mind always but gotta figure out a way to get started but you know I think this is the hardest part of it all it's just 10 Mm -hmm. minutes of your life of your day but somehow it is so difficult to get started I also struggle with it sometimes I think like we have some sort of resistance to I read go ahead oh no, yes, you sounded yes. like an opinion. We had both like an illumination. I'm not sure, but I think that the brain, the mind is scared to be left alone mm. with your own thoughts. So he's resisting and like pulling you away so that you don't yeah. meditate. I mean, it's basically like an exercise of your brain. If you think about even going to the gym, like that is one of the hardest things for so many people just to get themselves out of bed. Or even like if it's later in the day, they're just like, oh, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. You know, like today is not that day. And Mm. I feel like although meditation everyone's like oh you're just sitting there you're not doing anything like it is incredibly mentally exhausting I think to have to sort through that to like try and clear your mind to focus on specific things and block out other things like it takes training and so I think it makes sense that people have sort of like an aversion to getting into that because it is a big commitment and the thing that I was going to say before is that I read a couple articles uh, several weeks back on motivation because I've been having a lot of struggles with that and I was like is there something that I can do to help because obviously what I'm doing has not been working so far and Mm -hmm. they were talking about things that you want to do and things that you have to do like have to's and want to's I think is how they turn them and they were talking about how it becomes so difficult for people to motivate themselves to do things that they have to do because it's just like a chore like you know you can always do it later people procrastinate and then the things that you want to do. And for those things, people don't really care because they have some sort of passion or involvement in those activities. So it's more of just like, I'm doing this for mm-hmm. fun or for my own self-fulfillment or enrichment or whatever it may be. And so the key takeaway from that was that if you manage to turn your have-tos into want-tos, you'll be a lot eas- you'll be finding it a lot easier to I don't know, go to work, exercise, do all of these things. Because instead of saying like, 
okay, let's say I have to meditate for an hour or even 10 minutes in the morning. You'll be like, I have to wake up early. I have to do all these things. I have to, have to, have to. And instead, if you change that into, Mm. I want to get up because I want to feel less panic attacks and less anxiety throughout the day. I want to feel more at peace. I want to feel productive starting out my day so that the rest of my day can go well. Like Even just switching your mindset about how something can be positive and how it's going to help you later as opposed to this is going to be so difficult and tiring and I don't feel like I have enough energy I think is what makes a big difference. Yeah. And do you, did you, like, since reading the article, did you actually try to go from, <laughs> go from, like, I have to, 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 um, a bit? I don't think I've been as intentional about it. Um, so I haven't thought, like, oh, yeah, I read this article, so now I should put those things into practice. But I, I should start soon. I think for some things on a minor scale, I have. You said I should. I, I want to. <laughs> <laughs> I would love yeah. to. No, it's my I, I passion. do. And I think the thing that's stopping me now that I'm thinking about it is the fact that probably Christmas break is coming up. And like for my work, I have three days left. And even though I haven't been, I've been a bit more productive, but in general, like I just have not been concentrating too much and not doing my best work. And I think for me, I always just kind of like put a deadline for sometime in the future to start something like a new habit a new goal whatever mm. it is it's like new year's you know like you start making resolutions that you could have made mm. like 10 years ago but you're like this is the day when I'm gonna change my life oh and my god so I think that that's been it for me I just always get into the habit of doing that and I'm like well I'm gonna go on break in three days I'm gonna have that time all to myself that's when I'm gonna start doing all the good things when mm. I should like try and incorporate them little by little every single day and that's gonna be way easier than just having a sudden change from one day to the next yeah I think that's what makes the biggest difference like I found myself also struggling with that to be oh today I forgot to meditate so I'll do it tomorrow morning yeah. like I always do but I was like why don't I just do it right now I brush it off I'm like oh whatever mm -hmm. I have something else to do Like, I don't have something more important to do. Like, mm. definitely not. Um, but it's such a weird... Like, procrastination is such a weird mm. But devil. I think you mentioned something about how, like, Just, you don't have anything more important to do. Then I think that might be one of the problems, that you don't prioritize your mental health to say that this is more important than anything else I have to do. Same with any, like, again, going back to the sports and exercising or doing your work or whatever it is. I think what makes it really mm. difficult is putting it further down on your list and to get paid. I just need to fill out like the basic requirements and then I can enjoy the rest of my life versus saying like I'm growing my career and I'm learning things from this job and like mm. getting better connections, things like that. And telling yourself that this is something important that you should prioritize, like your mental health, which honestly should come before anything else because everything else falls in line when you're happy and you're at peace versus struggling with anxiety and then trying to keep up with everything else that's going on in your life it's decluttering of the mind full circle back to the getting rid of decluttering of the mind the people you have in your life i think i've been questioning so much my relationships recently Just because, like, I've had a lot of situations where people have disappointed me or 
something's happened where I'm like, actually, how close I am to this person or realizing how much energy I invest into other people. And I have this thing where I try and keep everyone I meet in my life and on good terms, which is a very time and energy consuming thing to achieve. And it's been very hard for me to like let people go. And I'm just a nostalgic person in general. So I, I'll always think like, oh, well, we used to be such good friends. I don't want to leave them. But I think a lot of anxiety is about who you surround yourself with and who you're spending your time on. Because realistically, if you're spending your time on people all the time, which I do, like always going out, always talking to people, always catching up, then you don't have enough time left for yourself. And I think that's the biggest thing about where anxiety yeah. comes from. It's about getting overwhelmed for things because you aren't just taking a time to relax and reflect and not have any external things bothering you, which I think just helps so much. And so, I don't know, I guess I've been working on trying to filter out people who aren't like necessarily giving back to me as much as I'm giving to them which is very difficult to do, but I think it's very important. Like, all the people who I know who are confident and who are happy, who are, I mean, in quotation marks, however happy they may be, that they, they give off this, like, good energy and they're nice and everything, I think surround mm -hmm. themselves with good people. And it's extremely difficult to help yourself and to lessen your anxiety if on top of that the people around you are not making you feel good or aren't there for you when you need them to be and... So I think that's just like a whole separate thing that can really help you become a better person is just by knowing who to surround yourself with and what kind of energy you want to get from other people. Definitely. And you're someone that really, I think, feels is emotionally connected mm -hmm. and emotionally intelligent. So you feel, I think it's people's vibrations, whether yeah. they're positive or negative. And you realize, like, I remember a lot of times we talked about it, realized a lot of people have not been treating you well, not, they have not been a good friend to you. Um, they, even when you pointed out things that are wrong, they still didn't really mm -hmm. take your feedback into consideration or try to make things better. So there was no really, like, no trying from their side to, to make yeah. this friendship work when we're only talking about friendships right because relationships like so romantic hard. relationships yeah. are just a whole other thing these are people that are metaphorically on your shoulders they they were waiting mm -hmm. on you and you knew that sort of and the fact that you're realizing that it's going to be a big change for you once you only surround yourself by people who bring you positive energy Mm -hmm. and actually care about you that you feel much better is like yeah I think it's a big thing and I think it's well related big realization. to that because I said this before I think a bit earlier that um you you learn from observation and I think that is especially true in my case that the people who you surround yourself with the way that they treat you is the way that you're going to end up treating yourself and that's been a lot of why I haven't given myself enough time, why I haven't given myself enough love or respect is because I have surrounded myself in the past with people who don't love and respect me the way that they should. And so I learn from them and I'm like, okay, well, this is my self-worth. This is how much I mean to them. This is how much I should mean to myself. And I start, it gets in your head. And so 
there's a massive difference between having people who are there to affirm your actions and to always tell you that you're doing great and to support you and encourage you versus people who are always just going to give judgmental negative comments that are going to make you question and doubt whatever you're doing in your life and it's already very difficult to give yourself enough self-love and take time for yourself but I think it's it's way easier if you already see that as an example in the way that other people are treating you yeah that's very true I've never seen it from this perspective because it kind of feels like mm -hmm. a vicious circle that you tr you're trapped in this thing because you think, I guess you think that you need these people, which affects your self-esteem. Yeah. For example, if you need to cut someone out of your life, if you, I mean, even for your daily things, you know, like if you want to set a new habit of eating healthy or exercising or whatever it is, people will often opt out of doing those things because They, there's temporary pain associated with that. Like it takes strength and focus to actually get through that. If you're going to cut someone out or something that it's going to take a toll, you're going to be extremely sad about it. But in the long run, they're not going to be as toxic of a, an effect in your life. You can be happier. You can move on. You can focus your energy on other people or you can be healthier and happier in the future because you set good habits early on. And that's it's a very difficult thing to do in the moment but it's a lot harder and a lot more pain and stress for you if you decide I'm just going to continue enduring the small bits of pain throughout because in the end it just it takes a toll on you and overall if you look at the big picture you're facing a lot more pain by prolonging it and by just extending it and saying I'll do something about it in the future versus just doing it now going through a lot of pain and then being done with it ripping off the band-aid I guess notice at least personally that I mm -hmm. I talk to my friends about everything all the time and I have like a big list of people who I can yeah. like just share the most intimate details of my life with which is nice because you know good support circle and everything but at the same time anytime the smallest thing happens to me I'm immediately like okay I'm gonna go rant to my friends about this and sometimes it's nice like I can think through things when I talk them out loud and some of my friends give really good advice so it's fine and like I come out from that thinking like okay there's a different way I can look at this versus just my own perspective but at a certain point I've also realized that by immediately having that reaction of going to my friends I take out the opportunity for myself to actually think through what the problem is what the solution can be and again I victimize myself in my story so every time I complain about something there as my friends and as hearing my side of the story you're always like oh like you poor thing like this is so annoying that this happened to you and everything and I'm just like I know like my life sucks and and then you don't <laughs> you don't actually learn how to deal with your own problems and suck it up and just be like this is a small thing it's annoying but what can I do to actually fix it instead of just using it as content to talk to your friends about later wow that's yeah. so true But also, not every friend is a good person to yeah, talk to about every problem. Why it's bad that I'm speaking to like 20 people for every single thing. There are a certain few who will be very good at giving advice and who really know you as a person. I'm including myself, but whatever. Yeah, I can, denial. I can give you like good feedback <laughs> and tips and things. But of course, there are other ones who are just kind of there to listen. Like, they're obviously not going to know every detail of your life. So when you come at them with a story, like, they're not going to know all the like the things behind it that you weren't telling them to actually give you positive 
advice, I think. So I guess like choose your people wisely and you don't always need to share everything in your life like I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, good advice. But we talked so kind of like going through the, not the end, but you know, Mm -hmm. the solutions. Um, We talked about meditation, but I remember that there are a lot of other techniques and that I didn't try personally, but I think you tried the... um, gratefulness list or you know the five minute journal um i've tried several things <laughs> what did what I did, did you the try miracle mornings from the book that max recommended to me it did not stick unfortunately but it was it was nice to try it out <laughs> yeah but it gave you a good like motivation yeah boost. yeah like i, I remember I, the whole idea behind that was that you start your days with again something intentional like five minutes of let's say reading or catching up on something, five minutes of stretching, five minutes of meditation. It was just like a very short thing that kind of adds up to a longer amount of time, but you wake up earlier with the intention of starting your day out well and doing things that will put you in the right mood for the rest of the day. And I do honestly believe that it can really help out. Um, But again, I did not have enough motivation to continue through with it just because waking up is like a hard thing for me. But you know, now that you're saying it, like, it's quite a lot that it's not that in the book it's requested to wake up, make coffee, go take a cold shower, uh, write everything you're grateful about, meditate, uh, um, what else? Like mm-hmm. do your beauty routine, um, go to the gym. Like oh, this it is, is yeah. already a lot. Like if I do one thing, I'm yeah. already happy. And with like it. the book did say, you know, you can tailor it to your own preferences if you want to meditate for longer stretch for less or like take out some things or wake up at a different time you don't have to follow exactly what the author is doing but it was just I think the idea behind it the fact that you are doing something in the morning for yourself so that the rest of the day you can be a bit calmer um, I think that was the main point and so even same thing with you if you're meditating in the morning the people who wake up and they go to the gym in the morning even if it's just one of those things and you can do it for longer then it's still time that you're putting in for yourself that I think gives back throughout the day. Yeah, I would honestly, I would highly advise to Mm, first of all read that book because it's an amazing, it's a good book and it's well written and it's very simple to understand. Um, And also the techniques are simple to apply. But I would say to try to do it on the long term Instead of doing like me and having a whole hour routine that you can't even continue to do for more than a month, maybe just choose two things mm-hmm. you want to start with. What would you choose Like, if you had to choose two things? I think if I was imagining like my perfect life of you know, being an early riser and everything, mm-hmm. which I'm definitely not, uh, I would say first off, getting ready. I think... A lot of people have said this, like, for example, especially when you're working from home and it's easy to just like stay in your bed, be in pajamas, you know, be your lazy self. I do think that it makes such an impact whenever you and I'm a bit of a hypocrite because I don't always do this. But when you get dressed, when you put on makeup, when you make yourself look nice, uh, however you want to do that, I think, again, it's something that you're doing for yourself. And then for the rest of the day, your confidence is lifted because you're like, I look good today. And even if my job might be annoying, even if like someone might piss me off, I look nice. So that's like one thing that I got done well in the morning. And so I think that would be one of the things on top of the fact that I always need to like wash my face off just to like fucking wake myself up. Um, 
And the other thing maybe would be to stretch because ideally it'd be great to like be a person who exercises in the morning and is like super vigorous with my training and everything, but that's just not me. So I think stretching is a nice thing to get the day started with because it's a bit more moderate, but you like move every part of your body around. You still have some sort of activity that's also like a time when you can be mindful instead of thinking about like how much pain you're in and how much you're sweating and everything. Um, so yeah, maybe those two things. It would just be like getting ready and stretching a bit. Because you know, whenever we read something, we feel super motivated, like excited. Oh my mm. God, I'm gonna change my life. Like this is life changing. So you're excited to try everything to be like, okay, tomorrow I'm a new person. It's the New Year's and thing. And you just start again. this thing. And I swear, I'm gonna go to the gym on January, and there's gonna mm-hmm. be a hell of a lot of people. January first, and then they're all gonna. Disappear By January second, half of them will already be gone. <laughs> thing is to not be super strict on yourself if you fail because in my experience I've given myself goals in the past and for example healthy eating or going to the gym or doing whatever and as soon as I miss one day I'm just like well I might as well just not continue because I didn't fulfill my goal of doing it every single day Mm. and I think a lot of people do that especially with sports and saying like I'm gonna go to the gym three times a week or something which maybe it may not sound like much but it's a pretty big commitment if you hadn't been going to the gym at all before that. So even telling yourself, I'm going to go once every two weeks, mm. like it's going to seem like... Yeah, why do you want to be mean to yourself if the whole world will be mean I to you? I guess you anyways. learn by observation. What people do to you is how you end up treating yourself. Thank you for listening. We had such we a time. We had a great time. We had such a good time talking about our lives. And it's time to say goodbye. Leave me feedback and let me know what I can do better. Thank you, Yulia, for coming. Thanks for hosting. And being here. Um, yeah, love. I will stop recording now. <laughs> Not awkward at all. Not at all. <laughs>